right, we are back. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and standing by to join us is Tasha Urich. Good morning. Good morning. I really enjoyed reviewing your book. What inspired you to write this? So I've been uh, an organizational psychologist for about the last 15 years, and Mm. part of my job is to make bosses better. And in the process, I noticed that people who didn't take the time and energy to to work on themselves and to see themselves clearly and understand the impact they were having on others were often ticking time bombs. But by the same token, I also saw that leaders who put the time and energy and curiosity in were more successful, more confident, and more happy. So three years ago, I decided I wanted to really dig into the research on self-awareness so that I could help people not just at work, but really in life. I I was thinking back to like dating days when you meet people and you're like, don't this, doesn't this person see who they really are? <laughs> <laughs> Quite often no is the answer. <laughs> right? <laughs> I put a video up on my show blog, The Truth About Self-Awareness, uh, How to Thrive in a Delusional World. I love that. And it's so apropos. What I've noticed, um, you know, anecdotally, but also in my research is that even though we're more self-focused or Mm -hmm. self-absorbed as a culture, seemingly by the day, we are getting less and less self-aware. And the people that really take the time and energy to cultivate that knowledge are just uh, so much more successful. It's like the secret weapon of the 21st century. Oh, I love it. So what exactly is self-awareness and why is it so important? So self-awareness is basically gaining two types of knowledge about yourself, uh, equally importantly. One is knowing who you are internally, seeing yourself clearly, understanding your passions, your goals, your values. But by the same token, we also have to know how other people see us. And in my research, I found that people usually have uh, one of those types of self-knowledge and they neglect the other. So people that achieve both, that are able to sort of balance their self-views with how the world sees them, are uh, happier, they're more successful, they get more promotions, they're better leaders, they're better parents. Um, And there's even some evidence that shows that self-aware executives actually lead more profitable companies. So the benefits are huge and they're clear. And I think it's up to us to make that decision if we want to put that work in. I love how you talk about how we all know perpetual navel gazers. (laughs) who have uh, precious little understanding of how they come across or who, who they're so focused on creating a certain impression that they don't know who they are. And those are the two types of self-knowledge, right? If you focus too much on your own perception of yourself, you know, a lot of people say things like the way other people see me is none of my business. I think that's a, a wonderful idea in theory, but since we all live and work together, we have to know how we're coming across. It doesn't mean that we have to change ourselves to be what other people want us to be necessarily, mm-hmm. but we always have the power to decide what to do with that information. Um, and then by the same token, we also shouldn't be so focused on how other people see us that we're neglecting choices that make us happy or make us fulfilled. So it's kind of two sides of the same coin, and if we can really just balance those two types of knowledge about ourselves, we get really unstoppable. I love how you talk about uh, some people, they journal, they see a therapist, they even practice mindful meditation, but they're still not self-aware, perhaps. And that's the, that's the sort of confounding thing about self-awareness. And in my research, there's a lot to this, but in general, one of the things we found, uh, both in sort of reviewing the research that was already there and, and adding to it ourselves, was that people who spend endless amounts of time self-reflecting are often less self-aware 
than people who are more sort of goal-oriented or solutions or actions-focused. You know, you think Amazing. about you could sit on a psychologist chair, you know, every, every day for 10 years and be so focused on sort of the, the excavating your inner unconsciousness that you're not moving forward productively or positively. And so that's what I tell people is it's, it's definitely okay to navel gaze, but part of what we have to do is look forward and really look to that level of insight and goal orientation in the future. I, th- I think this is really interesting for parents, for teens, for really anybody. Exactly. And, and the immediate application where I started this research was in the workplace. But mm-hmm. one of the things that was so wonderful, actually, was seeing the positive ripple effects in all areas of our lives. Parenting, especially, there's been a lot of work showing that self-aware parents raise more mature children. And that's the refrain right now is we, we don't want all these millennials to get sucked into their devices and think that, you know, the Kardashians are the model for how we should live our lives. Yes. And it's a really powerful way to start. Oh, I love it. So what are self-awareness unicorns for people that don't know? <laughs> so in our research, what I actually started, I wanted to hack the code of self-awareness. And so what I started by doing was talking to people who I considered very self-aware. But what was interesting is they couldn't really put their finger on what they were doing because they had always been that way. So my research team and I decided that to hack the code, we really needed to find people who didn't start out self-aware, but made really dramatic transformations and just the clarity with which they saw themselves. So we, we surveyed literally thousands of people all around the world, and we found 50, 50 people wow. that had made these transformations. And it was very rigorous, um, and very few people met the criteria. But that's who we studied to find out, you know, what does it really take to get there? Did you, I'm just curious, did you do it by a quantitative or qualitative research? Both, actually. Ooh, now we're going to geek out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's funny because it took us, and this is more geeky than probably anyone wants, but it took us almost a year to even define self-awareness, mm-hmm. another year to be able to measure it. But we put together almost a 70-question survey where people had to sort of pass it themselves, okay. and they had to send it to someone who knew them well, and they had to agree. And from there, we interviewed the unicorns that kind of passed the muster, and that was where we learned so much of that really great information. I think you need t-shirts. I'm a self-aware unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be, wouldn't it be great if the whole world was a self-awareness unicorn? <laughs> I remember my first job at a graduate school, and um, there was a woman there. She was really nice. I'm sure she's not listening. If she is, sorry. I really like you. but um, <laughs> And she used to drink a lot of coffee, and she was so shaky. And I wanted to do my work, and I'd finally have to say, you know, listen, I won't say her name. Listen, I I enjoy talking to you, but I I have work to do. (laughs) And she was so chatty. You know, I liked her, but, you know, I was like, i got to get to work. I don't want to get fired. Um, And that's a great example. Most people who are not self-aware mean well, but they just don't have any data on how they're coming across. Yeah. I called her on it, and she was like, oh, sorry. (laughs) What do you think of this whole thing with social media and you know, do you think it's making us more narcissistic and less self-aware? In short, the answer is a, a vehement yes. Yeah. There has been some work recently that actually shows a causal link between our use of social media and our level of narcissism, uh, literally their immediate effects. And what I think that speaks to is just a, a greater phenomenon worldwide that is um, 
causing us to feel sort of more special and more unique and more entitled than maybe is objectively true. And interestingly, in studying our unicorns, I found that they actually spent more time on social media than the average person. which shocked me at first. I thought I had done the analyses wrong, Mm -hmm. Um, but indeed I had not. And they actually just spend the time differently. So instead of posting a selfie or bragging about their child's six-and-a-half-month birthday, they're more likely to post something that will make people laugh or something that's beautiful or inspiring for other people. And that's one of the most powerful ways on and offline we can fight what I call the cult of self, which is to really focus on being humble and curious and open and really trying to add to other people's lives instead of uh, broadcasting our own. I love that. I think it's gotten a little too much. I mean, as you call selfie syndrome, I think it's just too, way too much. I tell the story in a book about in my book about uh, my husband and I on a beautiful quiet beach in Hawaii, watching a woman five feet away from us take selfies for literally 15 minutes. Yeah. And, and just have no idea that everybody in the general vicinity was staring at her kind of open mouth, like, what is really happening right now? Right. <laughs> and I think we just sort of accept it without questioning how detrimental it can be to, to not just our social relationships, but our level of self-awareness. Yes. Oh, that's, that's such a great example. How can we unify and become you know, less self-absorbed and less focused on ourselves? I think that the name of the game is humility. And especially at work, I think there's this predominant feeling that we always have to know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And one of the most powerful things we can do is to realize what our limitations are and when other people know more than we do and to just rid ourselves of that pressure of always having to know the answer. I actually think that is one of the most tangible, powerful ways that we can fight that cult of self. I like that. I like in your research, you talk about the three types of unself-aware people, the lost causes, the aware don't care, and the nudgeable. Do you want to briefly cover a couple of those? Absolutely. Well, and the catch-22 of unself-aware people is um, they're the most likely to need it, but the least likely to know they need to improve it. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of us, we see them running around every day. So the first is the lost cause. These are people who, no matter what you say to them, will always think they're pretty close to perfect. And they just can't really see how their behavior is impacting other people or even what they're doing from any other perspective besides their perspective. The second I call, somewhat jokingly, the aware don't care. And these are the people who know they're behaving badly, but they somehow believe that that behavior is getting them what they want. You know, you think about Mm -hmm. a a boss that yells at their employees and then will admit it and say that's the only way to motivate people. Those two types of unaware people, I tell, I tell folks, don't try to change them. Um, other people's self-awareness journeys are not ours to navigate. Mm-hmm. There is a third type that I call the nudgeable. And those are people like, like your colleague that you were talking about. They, they genuinely want to do the right thing and right. be respectful and be a, you know, a good partner, a good friend, a good coworker, but they just don't know that they need to um, change their approach. And I, I talk about this in depth in the book about sort of how to decide to approach them and how to approach them. But if you do it the right way, if you confront them with compassion, a lot of times we can help the nudgeable. I love it. I do want to mention you have a self-aware um, quiz. And it's, it's Insight Quiz, insight-book.com. Is that correct? Yes, it's 
so cool. We, I just wanted to, you know, my vision, uh, sort of beyond the book, just in my work and my life, is to make the world a more self-aware place. And so as part of the launch of the book, we made this quiz, and it's kind of a mini 360. You fill out 14 questions uh, on yourself, you send it to someone who knows you well, and then you get a very high-level view of your self-awareness, and then a couple of things you can do right away to improve it. So we've been getting great feedback. It's just really fun. Perfect. And I do want to mention you've given a TED Talk, is that correct? I have, yeah. 2014, how to be totally awesome in anything you do. Ooh, I love it. So where can people they'll just uh, Google you or just check it out on uh, the TED Talk website? How can they find you? Yep. They, if, if, they, if they Google TED and my name, Tasha Yurik, um, they'll find it. I am uh, unfortunately very findable online by virtue of my profession. That's all right. <laughs> and uh, where can they reach you? Are you on Facebook, Twitter, things like that? Yep. Uh, Tasha Yurik is my handle pretty much everywhere. And I really encourage people to take the quiz. It's just such a, a quick and easy way to make some really good improvement right away. Wonderful. And I really enjoyed reviewing your book. I want to mention it again, Insight, Why We're Not as Self-Aware as We Think and How Seeing Ourselves Clearly Helps Us Succeed at Work and in Life. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. That was Tasha Yurik calling in to talk about her latest book. If you missed any part of this, it will be up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. We'll take a little break, and then we're going to be joined by Leah Waters in just a moment. If you want to follow me on Twitter, just visit moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. I'm also on Facebook at Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N. The show blog is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And if you'd like to find out about being a guest, just send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at kuci.org. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.